0: What it
1: looks like what? looks like one of those things in like Space Jam.
0: The aliens? <laughs> <laughs> as bad as I knew you meant the aliens and not anything that looked like a microphone. <laughs> it does. Oh my
1: gosh. Hello and
0: welcome to Creative Hood. I'm your host Melanie and today we are joined by Annie. Hey Annie. I'm Mel. How are you doing? I'm good, how are you? Good, thank you for doing this podcast. I know you have a job that you don't think should be on this podcast, but I think that it should because it inspires so many people to pursue creative careers. I think it starts with you, Annie. It all starts with you. She's rolling her eyes so hard at me right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. Well, um, I teach third grade. Um, I taught second grade for six years, and this is my second year in third grade. I teach because my third grade teacher taught me how to read. Um, And if one person could make a big enough impact in my life, then why wouldn't I do that for as many people as I could? Um, When I was growing up, uh, school and reading was really hard for me. Um, and my third grade teacher took the time to figure me out. What are some ways that we can encourage creativity? If you give kids the opportunity and if you give them responsibility, the creativity tends to come on their own. But the struggle comes in with like, what is too much responsibility and what is too much creativity to the point where it's inappropriate. So it's a hard line to, I think, cross, uh, but... It almost comes down into like the way you you talk with them um, like I could give them a formula to write a great essay but they, a lot of kids won't go out outside the lines of that if I model too much they'll just do what I'm doing but if I show them one way and if they understand and know that it's okay to take risks um, a lot of times you'll see them eventually taking it um, you almost have to like foster creativity and like push them to do something different um or giving them time to choose what it is that they're doing and it's not like like i'm going to choose to read today Um, maybe it's choosing to create something together like having time to work with that's another thing working with other kids Um, and working in partnerships and groups is a huge part of uh, creativity as well
0: Group projects? You're saying those were good for me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Mel.
0: <no. laughs> oh, man. I was such a rule follower in school. Like, I did things exactly how my teacher said, and I just wanted to get good grades, and so I did the minimum of what I had to do to get the good grades. <laughs> but I do remember those assignments where it was like, all right, your book report, do whatever you want to just show what this book was about and I was like Ooh. and I made up like all these wacky characters and was like this person would be looking like this in real yeah. life and like I remember how weird all my stuff looked but then it was also kind of like my style was starting to begin to form I'm like oh this is how I would interpret something and it does begin to foster that so I like that idea it's great here's an assignment for everyone <laughs> Summarize this podcast (laughs) however you want, (laughs) and send it to us on Instagram, and we'll repost the nice That's crazy. What, um, so what did you study in school and college?
1: What prepared you to become a teacher? Um, like what was my major?
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Um, elementary actually I wanted to go to school to be a Phys Ed teacher and my mom wouldn't let me. My mom um made me go for elementary education because uh she told me or she reminded me, um, of what I told her when I was younger. Or she reminded me of what I did struggle with. Um, and she told me that Phys Ed wasn't wasn't the right way to go and I told her she was wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at any school I applied to for phys ed, um, their programs were, like, full. There was This was back when, like, a lot of people were going for specialized play, pieces of education. Um, so I had to go for elementary education. I didn't have a choice. I wasn't doing it because my mom told me to. Um, and she was right. I If I went for phys ed, I don't think I would have found a job. There's only, like, one phys ed teacher in each elementary school.
0: Mm-hmm. And she was right. Now the odds are in your favor. Yeah, so that's, that's good. Forced you into yeah making a good choice. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to. Mhm. What else? Um, what about teaching has surprised you that you didn't expect before you started working?
1: Uh, it surprises me what teachers will do for their students, um, and in return, the love that their students will give back to their teacher. Um, I'm sure it's in schools everywhere. Um, but what some teachers do for their students that people never know. Um, you know, there are teachers in my building who have bought, brought breakfast for kids every day for the entire year. Um, wow. There are, are teachers who do things specifically for kids knowing that it will help them. Um, there are there's so many things that they don't, uh, that no one's ever going to, to know about. Um, that always surprises me. And people do it without even questioning it. They just they do it because that's something the kid needs or whatever it is. The way teachers show up to kids like soccer games or basketball games, that just is like an act out of love. Um, that's one thing that never, that always surprises me. Is that every year. Uh, the amount of love that can flow through a school building, um, if you pay attention to it, and if you allow it, like from any teacher to students, uh, it's it, it's incredible.
0: We need to do so That's much more for our teachers. Cool. No, yeah, we do. <laughs> the patience that these angels have in a classroom <laughs> every day with children who are so curious, <laughs> and have so many questions, and teachers patiently answer and guide them through life. What? um what are some teachers that had an impact
1: in your life? Um, I already mentioned my third grade teacher. She probably had the biggest impact on me. Um, I actually just wrote her a letter last year explaining um, I what I do now is because of her. Um, but also my gym teacher when I was in high school, uh, she's one of the only people I know who has the same eye thing that I had growing up. Um, and she actually looked like me. We, she was like a young teacher and my, there was one time my dad saw her going into the deli and he yelled at me for cutting class and it wasn't me cutting class, it was (laughs) the teacher. Um, so she had a huge impact on me in, um, in high school. Um, and then in college I had a professor that showed me, um, that kind of guided me through, um. Because I, I definitely did not want to teach. I was very, very shy when I was a kid. And even in college, um, I hated talking in front of people. Um, I hated giving any type of presentation. I hated talking in front of like a room full of any type of adult. Um, but once I got into a room with kids, like it's like a different personality came out. Um, so I needed people to be patient with me and to see that in me and to guide me along. Because I was ready to give it up very early.
0: I'll answer the question, too, since you're bothering me about not answering any questions. (laughs) So uh, I'll go through all my years of teachers that impacted (laughs) me. (laughs) So in elementary school, my first and second grade teachers, Ms. Sefkin and Ms. Rosenthal, were like so loving and so kind and I don't like remember too much about their classes other than I liked school at that time and then in fourth grade I had Ms. Manville and she made us do so many projects and speak in front of the class so many times and everyone in the class would write on an index card like a feedback about your presentation and of course my mom kept these and so when we look at them they're always saying like you're too quiet like I couldn't hear you like (laughs) speak louder next time and when I tell people that like I was deathly shy and quiet when I was younger they don't believe it but I have the proof I have the index cards to show you and so doing all those projects really I think helped me in my presentation skills and being able to do that later to do a podcast but (laughs) then Um, Once we got, once I got to middle school and high school, I think the art classes, those were the classes I enjoyed Mm -hmm. the most, and those are the teachers that I really remember and like they had an impact, and so in middle school, it was chorus, and I was like on the jazz chorus, I like performed with four other people at open house for all the parents. I don't know why I did this, like this was, I can't imagine ever doing that. We sang from Greece. (laughs) the you're wait we go together and i'm singing this in front of all the parents and like of course there's people i have crushes on in middle school and i'm like there's their parents and their parents and i'm over here like we go together (laughs) it was awful and then high school just seeing these teachers give like their whole lives to their jobs i mean those are the teachers that make such an impact and so my choir teacher there too, mr davis Everyone will say he was the best teacher ever, because he was. And, like, he helped all of us students who had never sang before get straight superiors in competitions. And it was the most, like, camaraderie feeling I've ever had, like, being on a team. It was with a choir, you know? And a bunch of them went on to be, like, choir teachers and opera singers. And the acting teachers, Mr. and Mrs. C., That was like my first rendezvous with theater. And I got to be like a background eel in The Little Mermaid. And it was just my arm on stage. But that was exciting. And then Ms. Anderson was my ceramics teacher. And that was fun. (laughs) But these teachers, I love them so much. And looking back, I'm so thankful that I had them growing up. Oh, and also Mr. Horowitz was my English AP teacher. Okay, this is a good story. So on our last day of senior year in that class, we had all watched <laughs> the movie Dead Poets Society in that class. Oh, so we're man. taking the exam, and we had lunch period right before this class. Mm-hmm. And I was like, guys, here's the plan during class at like. 2 p.m. this is gonna happen and so <laughs> it's totally quiet we're taking the exam i look around i start to stand on my desk and thank goodness other people did it with me too and we're all like oh captain my captain <laughs> and then mr horowitz is like oh my gosh please sit down and just finish the exam <laughs> But it was one of those moments, you know? You just never forget. <laughs> but anyway, all that to say, I love all, most of my teachers that I had, but I never felt like I was ever singled out as, like, you have a special talent. Like, here's what you're good at. Yeah. And, like, here's where you can excel. And me just being a brat, being like, oh, why doesn't anyone see anything special in me? Where... Like, even then, I knew I was, like, I don't need the extra attention. Like, I can get by. Like, I have my parents, like, in a steady home, whereas, like, other children might need, you know, some extra attention. Right. But it's amazing those teachers who do go that extra mile. Right. When there's not parents there to do that for them, too.
1: Right. And there's also a piece, too, that, like, if... The teacher can't do that, pull that out of you, like tell you what, how special you are, or what your special qualities are. Like the hope is that the rest of the community or the environment of kids will do that for you. Mm-hmm. So it's not like solely on, that's a successful year, right? Like when you create an environment where kids are filling each other up and it's not coming straight from, from the teacher, but it's from like, they're doing it to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, then you've succeeded.
0: That's nice. I like that. It's hard, though. And the school never stops. Even after you graduate, then you go get a job, and then it's school all over. You bring your backpack with your laptop on a bus to go into the city <laughs> to go to work, also known as school. Except they pay you now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, would you ever do more schooling?
1: Uh, so I got my master's. Shortly after I started teaching and then I got my plus 30 credits a couple years ago and I never want to go back to school again. I'm done. <laughs> I'm over it.
0: Except every day of your life in <laughs> <I'm> school. <right. laughs>
1: yeah. That kind of school I'll go to, but in terms of like going back to school, if I was going to do a career change, maybe I'd go back, but other than that, I'll take like professional development when I need to, but... No more college classes what advice would you have for someone who wants to be a teacher? I would tell them to make sure that it's something that you you genuinely have a desire and a passion to do because it's not a career uh, that you can put a place value on it's not a career you do for any type of money um, you do it you do it because you f- you feel so passionately about it um, and that's what carries you through if you're going to do it for monetary reasons or because you want to feel fulfilled you'll burn out within the first two or three years Um, but when you do it for a greater purpose than that it'll carry you through like the love from your students will carry you through um, for years to go
0: you help mold the young minds of the world what do you see in your classroom that maybe inspires you to be creative
1: Kids in general, um, I think their their imaginations and their ability to dream or um, s- see things from a different perspective is so much bigger than, than adults. Um, the biggest thing I've learned is the way kids can receive love in particular is very different than the way any adult can. Um, adults t- tend to have barriers and same thing in our imaginations, uh, but kids don't. Um, and therefore everything's real to them so whatever they want to be when they grow up um, they think they can be it like if it's a soccer player whatever it is in their minds it can really happen Um, and that inspires me uh, to change my perspective because for whatever reason uh, we tend to put ourselves in these boxes as we get older Um, and when you're a kid like it's none of them are there, none of the, none of the barriers, none of, none of the walls that we put up, um, it's very pure, um, and they have such, like, an innocent hope to them, um, that's one of my favorite things about kids in general. What do you think happens to us as we grow older? Um, I think a lot of things, I think life happens, um, you know, the kids, the age that I teach, they're eight or nine, they're so naive, um, they haven't really seen much yet, uh, I don't know, when we go through, especially going through education, I mean, there's so much of a push, like you're in subjects, you're in math or science or social studies, um, and they're not really dreaming anymore after, like, they're in fifth grade, because then they just sit in class all day long, and if you ask, like, a high schooler what, they'll, what they're good at, um, a lot of times they'll think right to academics. Like, they'll think, well, either I'm good at reading or I'm not good at writing, or they'll think... Straight to a subject as opposed to like themselves mm-hmm. um, where kids younger are more apt to look at at themselves and their strengths, their weaknesses um, versus like a subject in school. Um, it's also easier to mold a younger kid's mind and to expand it than it is for an older kid so I don't know there's there's a lot of things that go into it um, but the way our education system, at least in this area operates um, in public education uh, it's very much based on test scores or subjects um, there's not much identifying their character Mm-hmm.
0: yeah I think that's around the country too because my sister teaches in Florida and we met a friend out in Arizona and everything is so test-centric and I remember growing up too like we had the FCAT and then obviously the SATs and everything every year. So depending on test scores to where you're not taking a test on anything creative besides the writing portion. And there's such a formula mm-hmm. to writing too, to where, um, what's the quote where you can't test a fish by its ability to fly kind yeah. of thing? Yeah. And I was like, that was me in school. I didn't know I was a fish. <laughs> but i was that might not be the quote at all i don't know what it is but you explained that very well using subjects to define who you were cuz growing up i was good at math i was like i'm in the advanced math i'm doing geometry in 8th grade i'm so smart i'm so good but i do nothing with math now <laughs> and like yeah. that's not who i am like that's not what i'm actually good at you know that's not where my talent lies what kind of student were you growing up did you always know you wanted to be a teacher
1: I did um, I did always want to be a teacher a lot of my family members are teachers. There was always something about like helping somebody else I think that I was always drawn to and just the fact that teaching in general um, it's a very fulfilling career like if you let it be fulfilling if you don't if you don't mold to fully what um, what is expected of you like there's a lot of like there's a lot of other things that come along with teaching like like paperwork and things like that um but if you don't always mold to that, um, if you stay true to what you, what you why you started it in the first place, I think you're...
0: Mm-hmm. What is the day-to-day like? What do teachers do? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it depends. It depends what, what grade you teach. It depends um, what subject you teach. Uh, but for elementary school, um, you're teaching everything. So you're teaching reading, writing, math, science, and social studies. Teaching grammar, you're teaching spelling, and you're teaching it all in in one day. Um, so you have to plan your day. You have to plan your week. Uh, typically, you plan with your grade level teams, um, but also you have to tailor it to like the kids you have in front of you. You can't just teach it the same way for every class. Makeup is different, um, and each year is different. So you, this year in particular, I. Have an inclusion class, so I have a lot of special ed kids in my classroom, um, and we don't get nearly as much done as the other third grade classes, so they're much farther ahead, um, and that's okay. But for this, like for the end of the school year, third grade has to take a standardized test. So this full year prepares for that test, and the way most every teacher attacks it kind of differently this year, I'm choosing to build our classroom with a foundation of relationships, um, over academics. And the intent is that if you, if a kid knows that they are important and that they're loved and that they're cared for, what you can get out of them is so much greater um, than if I'm just like shoving essays down their throat. What we're doing, we took the whole month of September and we built, um, a lot of relationships. It was a lot of like friendship building. Um, I'm, basing it off of the word love but we're using the word love as a verb so in like showing patience and kindness and understanding showing actions from there each month we're going to take a different a different verb and and focus specifically on that because my kids are younger um they equate the word love to a feeling and that's not what we're going for we're going for as an action so what i've chosen to do is use the word family they can relate to that Um, because within a family, um, yes, there is love, but you do things for each other um, even when you don't want to do it. Uh, So that's something that they can relate to a little better. And when you are able to build a relationship with a kid um, and kids are able to build relationships with each other, uh, it creates an environment where not only do they want to be a part of it, but they will run through fire to, to protect anyone who tries to harm them. And that includes working hard and doing things that are difficult for them. Um, So I'm just going differently with the foundation that we're laying. So I might not um, be as far as other teachers right now, but what you eventually gain later on in the year um, is greater than being ahead in the beginning.
0: Mm -hmm. It sounds like those interpersonal skills are so important for developing, especially in younger children. Do you find that that is becoming more of a learned thing that you're having to teach?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I have to teach um, how to like shake people's hands and say good morning and like look at someone in the eye. So every morning, I have a morning meeting where my kids have to attend. They don't they can't go anywhere else.'re they on the same four walls all day long, uh, but we all sit in a circle and they have to look at the person next to them in the, their eyes and they have to say good morning. Um, And they have to have like a conversation with them. So I typically give them a topic and they have to converse about it. Or they have to find out something about their partner um, that they didn't know before. Um, So you have to, it's very much me leading that for the beginning portion of the year. And then eventually they can take that on their own. Um, But for the beginning part of it, they need so much support. Um, And it's, you have to physically remind them like, about saying please and thank you it's like little things that aren't prevalent in our world today um that you have to you have to teach
0: it's a different world out there
1: it is my school it's it's huge in all schools my school is implementing a whole social and emotional program because of it it's like it's now like a subject block it's not like like it's it almost takes a place of like spelling or grammar Mm -hmm. and you have to teach it that's great though
0: hopefully it teaches kids to be empathetic and really care about the person next to them. Right. Two final questions for you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is
0: just torture for you. <laughs> just torturing? What is it, the two final questions? Alright. One, how would you define
1: creativity? Do I get a timer to think about this question? Nope. <laughs> I think creativity is the ability to uh, to dream beyond uh, the barriers we create in our minds. Preach. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hand over the heart. Mm-hmm. And last question. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> what do you want to pass on to the next generation? I'd, I'd want them to know that there is no, there's no time limit or there's no, there's no price on freely giving their love to anybody else. And that that is the biggest thing that they can do for their peers, their teachers, their kids, whatever it is. Um, and that that is something that will last forever because it's like a ripple effect. That's something that continues over and over. That's it.
0: Nice. Can I come to your class? Sure. Can I come?
1: Everyone comes. My family comes every year. My dad's not allowed, though. Everyone else is allowed. (laughs) The others are... Always come.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much, Annie.
1: Anytime, Mel. This has been great.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. so great. You seem so uh, (laughs) convinced. Not at all.
1: Okay, bye!